Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 325. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be discussing the first season finale of Blindspot, the second season finales of The Flash and The Odd Couple. That's sort of an odd couple right there. The fourth season finale of Arrow, and a recent episode of Game of Thrones season six, plus some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 325. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com. And this week I have joining me Ivy from the internet and Jonathan from the sci-fi movie podcast. Thank you, Ivy from the internet and John from the sci-fi movie podcast for joining me this week. I was I was desperately at the last moment trying to figure out what the last episode that I was on. And I was going to say Ivy from episode 317. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me back. It's always always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming on. It was seem to be in some sort of weird, desperate search to find two people that have watched Arrow and The Flash so that he can talk about the season finales. Well, you came to the right place. Wait, Wait we're talking about Arrow and The Flash? Yeah. Oh, um, can we pause for like an hour and a half? Yeah. That would be great. Uh, that's right. Fast forward through those commercials, Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start up again at 11 o'clock your time. But if it wasn't for the commercials, how was I going to know that Supergirl's coming to the CW? That's right. <laughs> All right. With that, we'll jump into the news. First up, Amazon announced that they have renewed Transparent for a fourth season. Uh, I believe the third season is still yet to play, but it'll be back for a fourth to air in 2017. Uh, and then on the bad news front... Well, it all was pretty much was going to be this. It's been officially announced that Limitless is canceled. So sad. Is that is that really that sad? It is. I, I, it was I, really I mean, fun. I can't, I can't be too much of a judge because I didn't watch any episode. I watched 15 <laughs> minutes of it expecting to see something cool like the movies. And uh, from what I understand, it's just another procedural with a twist. It is a procedural with a twist, but it's a fun twist that they turned into their own thing, and it had its own sort of uh, comic timing to it, and uh, the whole the whole bit that they did with him with him when he was on the NZT, uh, and how he would you would see his thought process and him talking to different versions of himself, and and uh, the way he saw different scenes and different things uh, would get acted out, just gave it its own uh, fun uh, element to, you know, telling, you know, somewhat a mystery of the week, but with a bigger uh, overarching story of, uh, you know, who and what knows about NZT and what they're doing with it and, and all that type of stuff. But uh, it turned out to be a lot of, a lot of fun and, just sort of a weird one to me because uh, the overall ratings, including you know DVR usage and all the other stuff that they tied into it, came out to be a pretty solid rating and produced by CBS, so in-house production. And Limitless does have some sort of uh, a little bit, I, I believe, you know, some international appeal uh, to be able to. 
uh, selling to syndication and you know around around the world. But for whatever reason, they kept Code Black, which had better live numbers but less overall numbers. <laughs> Shut up! Don't don't take away from Code Black. Yeah. Code Black. I'm the one fan of Code yeah. Black on the but internet. It's just a weird thing to me. And then they're, but then they're doing a read with this, but they're picking up MacGyver which they've already gotten rid of everybody that's behind, you know, that's putting the show together twice, but yet they're still picking it up to go to series next fall, totally and completely based on the name and putting it on Friday night where they can't expect it to do huge numbers out of the gate anyways, is just a bizarre, I don't know, a bizarre thing to me. See, John, I'm not sad. I'm mad. And you know why I'm mad, John and Jason? Jason in particular. Jason, you know why I'm mad? Because this is just another show that this podcast got me to watch, that I got interested in, that I never would have watched. Kind of like hindsight. So I blame you. And it is. It's our fault that we got you into a good show for a season that actually had, a se- at least, like I said, as opposed to hindsight, at least this did have a season arc that had an ending that you... You know, obviously they're left in a place that they can go on and tell more stories, but not any sort of a cliffhanger where you're wondering, like, God, I hope they didn't die or I hope that person's <laughs> still around or. So they did close off the arc. That That's nice. I like it when when a show does that and they can close off a season arc, unlike a show like Castle, which kept off their series with what felt like a five minute scene that they shot a super fast when they realized they were canceled. I heard that's exactly what they did. Yeah, it was super apparent. <laughs> yeah, that one was more when they decided to, that it was actually going to be canceled. They had to, I think they had a different tact on ending had it not gone into cancellation. Maybe somebody dying. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or apparently presumed dead. But could still, you know, not actually. <laughs> you know, I think it would have been a better ending if they just left it ambiguous and didn't have that little tacked on bit at the end. Like had them just both there, like, uh, spoiler alert, out. bleeding out, <laughs> holding <Yeah>. hands. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that ending, if they end the series there, like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And then I can then I can make up in my own head what happened and what I would have liked to have seen instead of having what what i got well castle is still the one that is my favorite thing that when when you say that you're going to get rid of some of the cast and revamp it a little bit to go into another season and and the uh the fans decide that what really needs to happen is that they should create a cancel castle campaign hmm. to, <laughs> to tell you that you're wrong about continuing the show this way where that's like the complete opposite of what normally happens when <laughs> you know <laughs> You know, I think the biggest thing that surprised me about the all of the controversy was I was surprised that that many people were still watching. Well, it still is doing, you know, relatively solid numbers for, you know, Monday night in that time slot. So, yeah, it's – but uh, anyway, Limitless is gone officially now. Sniff, uh, sniff. And then lastly, uh, FX has renewed The Americans for two more seasons, a fifth and a sixth. The sixth that will will be the last season. Uh, the fifth season will be 13 episodes, and the sixth will be 10 episodes. So there is another 23 episodes to come 
uh, past this season. I've heard this was a good show, and I haven't got into it yet. It's a great show that I've fallen behind on and now need to catch up on. How far behind are you? Partway through last season. I watched the first episode of this season, and that's it. Because it's, it's a great show, but it's... Oh, it's... I mean, it's dense. Yeah. It's, hard, it's, it's <laughs> It is. Like, that, that showing at 10 o'clock on the East Coast, I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to be cognizant enough to pay attention until 11 o'clock to watch this show. Yeah. But again, I told you earlier, I'm not smart, so, you know, <laughs> that's about me. All right, and on that note, we'll start talking about the TV <laughs> shows this week. All right. Uh, so, uh, jump into the primetime segment. Prime time. Uh, there you go. <laughs> it's Ivy's favorite thing to do uh, when Amory's not on. I get so mad when I actually have to do the show with Amory and I can't do it. First, we've got, uh, since it's been the end of the regular sort of network broadcast uh, TV season, we've got a, a bunch of season finales to talk about. First up being The Odd Couple, uh, season two, episode 13, The X Factor. And, uh, John, this one's for uh, you and I to talk about to kick things off. So, uh, Well, not all of us watch this amazing show. <laughs> yes, not Ivy. Well, we've already established Ivy's not smart. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, this is much more about me not having a sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> it's a Actually, very think, different issue I think, here. I think the show – that's one thing the show lacks, I think, is a sense of humor. <laughs> so, oh, well, then maybe I'd like it. <laughs> it, it, does, it does have a lot of good jokes. It, I think it, uh, it feels like it reaches for jokes sometimes. And this was certainly an episode that that did that reaching. I watched this show because I think Matthew Perry is comedically brilliant in everything he does. And same thing with Thomas Lennon. And those two as the stars make the show for me, no matter how badly the joke's written or how much or how many cans of laughter they open. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I just kind of enjoy it. Uh it's not obviously it's not anything groundbreaking. Given that it's the odd couple, <laughs> that it's you know technically based on the the play, but you know we've seen movies and other TV shows in the past that are also based on uh, the concept. So, and then plenty of things that are basically the odd couple that you know they're just not called that. No, they're just a mix match <laughs> or a, not a mix match, a mismatch yeah. of of two varying personalities. Uh, so it is, you know, there's nothing new there, but I, I really like the cast, you know, like you said, I like Matthew Perry since friends. And, uh, I think they're, they do, you know, reach for some jokes, but, but I think, you know, some of the other, the rest of the cast gets some good lines in, I don't know. It's just sort of, uh, an enjoyable, like half hour or, you know, 21 minutes when you're fast forwarding through the commercials, which I do. And, uh, you know, sort of a throwback, you know, type of comedy, which is uh, what CBS is going for. If you look at what they've announced for the fall, uh, which will bring another new friend, old friend back to uh, CBS. Yeah. And the other thing I really liked about this episode is I find that a lot of sitcoms these days do things for season finales that they can then immediately resolve in season premieres. So, like, for example, uh, with Emily is departing at the end of this season for London, but she's only going for, what, three or four months? Yeah, which is basically like Which the, is basically the hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to be back to normal when, when the show picks up again. I actually kind of dig that. You know, if, if she left mid-season for three months, 
I'd be like, man, they wasted a lot of money paying her for a full season. Although that's always one of those manufactured things on a TV show that I'm just like, why is a three month like somebody goes to something that's like obviously a big thing for her, like for her you know, potential career or what she wants to do? Why is that all of a sudden some huge hurdle to this ongoing relationship? <laughs> it's it's such a to me it's such a bizarre concept that you know how great a relationship do you have if you couldn't withstand three months? <laughs> you couldn't stay away from somebody for three months while they're doing something you know like huge. You know, it's not like they're just leaving and going on vacation for three months, you know, or something. Right. Uh, it's, it's such a bizarre uh, thing that they do on shows all the time and it always becomes like, uh, obviously you would want to spend time with somebody if you have a relationship, but but not not so much that you, uh, you know, the, some of the type of stuff that they have play off here. But yeah, it is the type of thing where they just have you know that happened, and it all be resolved. Although I'm, I still think it's, I still think it's kind of weird uh, that Christine Woods plays uh, Felix's ex-wife. Uh, but I'm always a fan of when she shows up on my TV, so uh, that's that, that's a uh, that's a good thing. Mostly just because their actual age difference is so much, and they were married for like so long. Apparently, he married her. <laughs> Uh, like right out of high school or something, <laughs> uh, or or she's playing older than she actually is on the show. I don't know, but yeah, I thought that was uh, uh, that was a fun bit with the uh, the whole people not using a picture, but for online dating, but then ending up going out on a date with your uh, your friend's ex wife. Yeah, and in a city the size of like where are they? Um, in New York. In New York, like that, the, the odds are slim. <laughs> yeah, it's it's grant. Yeah, that's uh, you know plenty uh, you know convoluted to to get that to happen, but still you know funny nonetheless. And uh, their banter back and forth was actually pretty good. Uh, and then I. I've liked the addition of Terry Hatcher to the to the show over the last uh the last few episodes. So that's yeah, Do you think she's going to be sticking around? I don't know. It's uh maybe when they come back 3 months later their relationship didn't work out. <laughs> I can see that happening. It fits the Oscar Madison character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that you know that's a that's a possibility but still liked you know having her on the show there even if it's just for the last few episodes of this season but yeah, I wonder if she's going to get any jokes in in the next season. But just a, you know, a solid, you know, sort of old school sitcom, which I I enjoy. I don't mind. See, for me, I don't mind the as you say, you know, the canned laughter or the filmed in front of a studio audience laughter. Actually, I wouldn't mind filmed in front of a studio audience laughter. <laughs> if that I wouldn't mind cuz at least that's organic. <laughs> you know, that that type of stuff, I don't mind that that much if the show is actually amusing to me because then I don't notice the laughter as much that that's the, that type of laughter really comes into play for me when the show is just a bomb and everything that's supposed to be funny, you don't find funny. And then you hear other people laughing at it and it just highlights how unfunny you think the show is <laughs> <laughs> when it's supposed to be trying to help you 
to laugh at what's supposed to be funny, to me, it just points out what you, how differing your sense of humor is from the show. And, and I don't really, you know, notice that uh, so much on, on The Odd Couple. But uh, I think that's enough. I think that's enough about The Odd probably, Couple. It's probably enough Odd Couple. <laughs> and <laughs> Is it bad that I've been Googling for the last five minutes? Because I thought you actually said that. I thought I thought you said Christine Woods was married to um, married to him and Matt Perry in real life. I was no. like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> not to not to Matthew wait Perry to Thomas Lennon's character. Oh, um, uh, I was so confused. Yes, <laughs> maybe I should watch the show just so I don't feel like an idiot. I don't know. I think there's a theme developing in this episode, Ivy, and it's not really <laughs> flattering for you. <laughs> Let's not put the horse in front of the carriage well, on this one. Okay. I think I introduced the yes. theme. So, <laughs> uh, all right. And with that, we'll move on to talk a little blind spot, <laughs> where it's a uh, season one, episode twenty-three. Why await life's end? And uh, Ivy, you and I have been watching Blind Spot and. What did you think of the first season and how things uh, ended here in the season finale? It's it's one of those shows that I really enjoyed, but I'm not missing now that it's gone. And I don't know. I mean, I've always my my biggest criticism with Blindspot has always been with the leads apparent um, devolving uh, American accent. He did okay in uh, in Strike Back, but now he can't seem to get more than four words out before he has to take a thought about how to do the <laughs> accent coming up next. But I don't know. I, you know, it's the, the, the ending was a bit uh, like it felt, it felt like it didn't live up to the rest of the season. What did you think? I don't know. I felt like they went kind of interesting. I mean, they finally gave you actual like knowledge of who she, of well who she isn't you know necessarily uh and but also put her in like an in sort of an interesting spot where even though apparently that part of this was her idea after she's seen what's happened to some of the people that she's been working with and she doesn't really understand why why this is being done uh, and then here's more about what like the overall actual plan is that even though she doesn't remember a lot of her previous, you know, she remembers some stuff here and there in her present state. She's like, well, that doesn't actually sound like a good idea. <laughs> and then like decide, you know, and, and fights to not be, you know, have her mind wiped again to have her, you know, to like reset uh, things uh, and has her, you know, actually kill off somebody that she, in the, before she lost her memory, she was actually pretty close with uh, from everything that we've seen. Uh, I thought was uh, an interesting idea. It also sort of puts her on the same side as the one other guy that's been trying to kill all the other people from that thing, <laughs> even though he might have a different reasoning for doing it, not necessarily to like stop them from what they're doing, but just because they had you know tried to kill him or left him for dead. I, I think that that's kind of interesting. I'm not a big fan of the type of ending where, yeah, from what from what Kurt's seen now and, you know, dug up and found, 
And based on things that he's heard her say, he knows that she had to have been being fed stuff. And so might be somewhat untrustworthy of her. But when she comes in and has like, I need to tell you something. I've been trying to get a hold of you. Yeah, you need to listen to what that it's is. It's like one of it's one of those times where they it's completely for show purposes because like the show's over and it's to leave you like sort of hanging on something a little bit. He's just he's more in the point of like uh, I can't trust anything you say. I don't want to hear anything. Just you know, I'm taking you in to find out like you know because I want to find out what's going on. And you're just like well, let her talk. <laughs> she have to tell you a bunch of stuff that what's going on. Uh, that right, I, a good FBI agent would just <laughs> let her go on. Yeah, that's still right. the end. Would you know? It, it would let somebody talk if they wanted to talk, and uh, and and then you could ch- choose afterwards whether you would believe that based on all the other stuff uh, that you do. But it, I, that that type of stuff pulls me out of a show because I see the mechanics of a show, not just it's. I'm not just following a story. You know, I start seeing, oh, they're they're doing this to screw with me. You know, <laughs> and it's like I don't mind a show screwing with me, but when it's like flat out <laughs> just showing me that that's what it's doing uh, right now, is it gets uh, it it pulls me out of the moment, and it's not uh, it. So it left the while there was a lot of stuff that we found out in the episode that was you know that was interesting. Uh, it it sort of, you know, kind of fell off for me at the very end that it, it, it felt like something that you would do for a show, not something that would actually happen if this was happening. Mm -hmm. See, I think what, what, what concerns me about this show is that for, for it to be a procedural plus, which is if, you know, unless you're on CBS these days, any procedural that they're putting on the air has something extra to go with it. It's this show to me is more interesting when it's a procedural. Like I don't like the the backstory and the mystery. I don't think they've done a great job of making me care what Orion and Dave, like what all of these other things have to do with, like why she did this in the first place. I don't. I don't care. They've not done a a great job of making that story matter to me as a viewer. I, like me. Like like what does my opinion count for? Well, because I'm on the show. Um, but. You know, I, like I think that's that's what's frustrating is when the two of them are working together with the team to solve a case. It's it's an interesting show, and I'm not a big procedural fan anymore. But that to me is it, it pulls it off so much better there. So particularly the mix of the cast, and I, I tell you, the easiest way to get me to stop watching this show is to take Ashley Johnson off of it because she is the MVP of this show. Uh, Patterson is far and away my favorite character. I adore Patterson. <laughs> like, the, like this whole episode where she kept going, you guys. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> how do you like, keep leaving me out me. of this? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, how can I help you You know, stay out of trouble if you don't tell me what you guys are up to? So, you know, says the character that for the most half, for the most of the season, did things on her own without telling anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and got herself into, and other people into some serious trouble doing so. Uh, but the, the other thing that bothered me in this episode was the whole thing, like you mentioned, uh, the stuff that Mayfair was involved with, and that apparently after she got the key and got the thing off and put it on her dog and decided to leave, apparently, you know, they didn't they didn't show us this, but apparently she decided to completely clean out 
uh, her safe and leave just one thing there with a different photo or a different picture on top of it. So in case somebody else, in case she died or something happened to her, they would be able to figure it out and get into it and find this thing and big things to investigate, you know, next season uh, type of thing where it's so, it so felt like she was just like quickly following something and her whole, she, in her whole investigation in the previous episode, it felt like, yeah, something could happen to her, but it was also, she felt like she was coming back. Like the whole point was for her to go back and, and put the thing back on and be there the next day type of thing. Uh, so it, that also felt weird to me that all of a sudden uh, when she was out on her uh, investigation of like who had framed her or, you know, who had done all this stuff to her, that she also had thought, you know, I might not come back from this. I'm going to put this elaborate <laughs> thing that only Patterson will be able to figure out together. See, I totally, I totally believe that as a, <laughs> the insurance policy that she'd set up before, you know, before the minute she kind of got suspended or fired or whatever it was. So it wasn't necessarily tied to her sneaking out of the house, but it was the, Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to cover my basis by putting this in play um, just as a contingency backup, backup to the backup kind of thing. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that it all happens off screen. And so you see her get into the safe and close the safe and it's got all kind of other stuff in it. You know, and, you know, she gets the, uh, you know, since she's the head of a division of the FBI, she has the key to every type of <laughs> monitoring device, apparently, <laughs> on a keychain. Wait, home. you don't have a keychain like that? In, in her safe. Case? <laughs> I don't know. That that felt a little weird to me just because I, I would have been, even if they would just shown like a passing scene of like after she makes the call where she like puts the the thing in there and then closes it and then goes out or something or whatever. It, it just felt like it came out. Like, I think you're right. I could see it sort of happening, but the way it, it happened in the show felt like it just came out of nowhere so that they could set this thing up. You know, the, this, this will be a big part of what this group will be looking into, you know, even if it's secretly or whatever, you know, next season, you know, so I don't know, things like that. For me, I, I like the mystery of the week stuff I, I think they do action pretty solid, uh, you know, some of the firefights and, you know, hand-to-hand combat scenes and and whatnot are done pretty well. Uh, so that, that stuff all works. Uh, yeah, I don't think some of the bigger elements of the whole bigger conspiracy thing behind are like what she was a part of. Uh, and, and I guess apparently that's the, everything is... Everything these days, the bad guys are looking to just like burn the system to the ground or, or the whole <laughs> earth or whatever. It just seems to be whether it's uh, spoiler some alert. Bad guys <laughs> in the FBI. Let's just kill everyone. Yeah, you know, maybe on a, 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 a little bit different scale than say like what we'll be talking about on on Arrow, uh, but you know that that seems to be a, a thing there that that is happening a lot where this was just. You know, this season was just phase one of this group's plan to, like, basically burn the FBI to the ground or whatever. Uh, and uh, why don't they just why don't these guys hook up with the folks from Quantico and just, <laughs> you know, like plan together? You know, don't work across purposes. Uh, that's right. You know, and, uh, and and how long next season are they going to be? How long is it going to be before 
Jane and whatever Jane's real name is, because we don't know that anymore, do we? It's not Taylor, obviously. Yeah. But Jane and Weller like kiss and make up. I don't mean literally kiss and make up, but just like if if we're gonna have to deal with a half season of I, them, no, like, I off, think put around the office. I think <laughs> in the first episode, they finally let her spill the beans on everything that she knows, and she tells everybody everything that she knows, and then uh, because of this other stuff they found from. You know, from Mayfair and stuff like that, they become, you know, and Kurt at the head of that, you know, that division. They continue to, you know, investigate these things, you know. Yeah, and, but I can and, see them working together, but like still pissed at each other, not trusting each other, you know. Well, yeah, like, uh, maybe, a, maybe, me. maybe a little bit. I mean, but I, I don't I don't think that it lasts too long. I hope you're right. Uh, type of thing that uh, I don't know. Sometimes. Sometimes, uh, I don't know, show creators are not quite sure and they they figure we need to do such and such. And so they do things like in elementary break up Holmes and Watson for almost half a season, uh, which yeah, but I ultimately, like Kitty. yeah, well, ultimately the story worked out all right. It was going someplace, but it also just felt really strange because part of what you enjoyed the first season was them getting closer and getting to know each other and them playing off of each other. And then it was like, Oh, Hey, we're just going to go away for that from a while. Remember that thing you really liked? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Last you can't season? Have it. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do away with that for a little while, you know, kind of, you know, same type of thing for no apparent reason, you know, no real reason other than, uh, you know, that they did at the beginning of the season of castle, uh, of having them fake a divorce or, you know, but him not knowing that it was fake just so that they could have some sort of tension and keep them apart or whatever. You're just like, uh, it, it just doesn't really make uh, any, any sense. What did you think of the whole thing of how Kurt finally finds out about his dad and Taylor and uh, the realizing that he was looking under the wrong. I mean, uh, I thought, it, I thought they actually set that up pretty well having mentioned the other camping spot and stuff like that a few times throughout the series. Yeah. You got to like it when they layer in things and then come back to them like that. That's always uh, look, you know, gives you the feeling of, Oh, they know what they're talking about. And they know what they're doing about, but let me tell you him digging in the rain. Like, could we have made a more dramatic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. over dramatized. Yeah, it had to, yeah. It had to start raining. And also apparently he figured, uh, my dad's the type of guy that would bury somebody dead center in the plot, you know, in the in the campsite, because <laughs> that's where he started digging and that's where he found her. Well, we already had him looking, digging in, in the wrong spot for so darn long. Yeah. Like we couldn't go through another five minutes of that. I thought that actually worked pretty well for how Kurt found out and, you know, realized what was what was going on after being seemingly happy not to find anything under the fort at the house. Uh, and then realizing that's not the uh, fort that his dad was talking about. Uh, so, yeah, some of that stuff actually actually worked. I'm somewhat interested to see another season or or to s at least see how they start things out in the second season. How about you, Ivy? Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm I was much more excited for I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I'm less excited going into season two than I was about going into season one. But 
as long as, like I said, as long as Patterson's there, I'm in. <laughs> she's she's kind of the the most one of the most fun characters that was introduced on TV this season. So, so yeah, I think I'm I'm sort of in the the same spot. And you mentioned like once it was over that you're like, you know, we've gone another you know Monday past there, and it's like, uh, you know, there wasn't a blind spot. It wasn't like I was like, oh man, I met there. Were, oh, I wish there was a blind spot last week. But then overall, I've kind of been like that just in TV in general, like the regular TV seasons come to an end. And like, I've gone from watching (laughs) like multiple hours to all of a sudden, even though there's still some stuff on to watch to like, and have a bunch of stuff on the DVR as a backlog. I've just sort of not been watching it. Yeah. (laughs) Just, uh, I think there's some things that are just about to just get cleared off the old DVR. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, just to wait for some other uh, things a little bit later here in uh, the summer before we get get watching some stuff again. I don't know. You kind of you kind of need that a little bit of downtime. Just <laughs> you just like sit back and and all of a sudden, even something I really want to see, like the end of like Person of Interest. I've been and they're you know they're showing two or sometimes three episodes a week and. You know, it'll be the weekend before I finally get to it or, and, you know, like I didn't even, I was off for Memorial Day, you know, last night and I still didn't watch Person of Interest yet, you know, from <laughs> last night. I didn't even have to go to work. So that's sort of the, the time period that we're in. Uh, but we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is The Flash, a season two, episode 23, The Race of His Life. And... We'll start with you, John. What did you think of the second season finale of The Flash? Well, it's so appropriate that Flash ends with a race. <laughs> <laughs> Since he's the fastest man alive. There was um, the, the problem. The only problem I have with the CW shows is that they have this this mix of like talky feely and action and the talky feely stuff way overweighs the action. But I thought the balance was a little bit better in this one. Uh, I thought it was kind of a weird tack that they decided that they were going to cage Barry while they dealt with Zoom <laughs> because that's been so successful for them up until this point. <laughs> and then they finally let him out and, and let him let him do his thing. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. And I don't know if anybody else noticed that Zoom in the end transforms into the Black Flash. Well, if you are a fan of the comics, apparently that's something that you would notice. If you've never watched, I mean, if you've never read a comic before, you would have no idea that that was a thing. Yes, it's it's a thing. For those of you that don't read the comic, Black Flash is like the, the Grim Reaper for speedsters. <laughs> well, he does sort of turn into some sort of uh, skeletal-like <laughs> creature and then gets you know, taken away by the time wraiths or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, I could see that being a potential problem at some point in time in the in the future. They like to bring back things like that in comic in books in general. Yeah, yeah, comic <laughs> books in general. Uh, before we get on to other things, Ivy, what do you think overall of the of the season finale? I'm I'd see. Unlike John, I was like, "Oh, wait, they're going to race? Really? That's that's what we're going to do here? They're they're going to they're going to race." That's how you settle the fight. You, um, I so I wasn't looking forward to that, but I, I like all in all, I liked how things ended. I like how um, Zoom was fairly well dispatched with that. 
we brought back a, a, a reason for Wesley Ship, uh, not Wesley Ship, John Wesley Ship. John Wesley. I was like, well, yeah. I was like, wait a second, it's, it's not. Seems not. Shut up, Wesley. Um, By the way, is super nice. I met him at a, at a con, and he is just so personable. Oh yeah, great guy. Yeah. Uh, hometown. Well, I'm from Virginia Beach. I'm from Virginia Beach, so both flashes are from from the town I live in now. So, nice. uh, uh, so we uh, we have that <laughs> our claim to fame is <laughs> you know both flashes came home from, of the flash. <laughs> yeah. But you know, finding a way for them to to kill off one character but still have the have the actor be involved, and I think that's that's great. Even though you know, I'm really really sad that. Henry and Amanda Pay's character finally met, and then Henry, you know, the one we know and love, died. That was a little sad. But, you know, like, I feel like nothing really happened in the end to set up the next season. Like, I don't think anything is really, like, there's no cliffhanger. We have no feel for what next season might be about. Um, did, did you guys get that impression, or was I by myself on that? that yeah, did your, uh, it, did your DVR like cut flash, off the last couple of minutes there, Ivy? Like, the Flash <laughs> yeah. didn't really end on a point. Like, what, there was what, no what point What happened at the end the of your episode? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, there was no point to the end of The Flash this week, you know? I, I can see that. I, I kind of I think I kind of get what you're going, because, like, uh, give spoilers, <laughs> in the end, <laughs> he travels back in time and decides to save his mom. And then we're going to have to deal with that next season. Yeah. I'm, well, and, and is it going to affect Arrow? Is it going to affect? Yeah, that's that's the thing I'm at. It's like how how long is that actually going to be a thing? Oh, how, 10 minutes. How much <laughs> is it going to actually, you know, change things? Like, you know, are are they going to show like is this show going to be showing like an alternate timeline that ultimately is going to get, you know, changed back? Uh, you know, what type of. Would that change? How would that change things that have happened already on Arrow? You know, how does he end up? What type of story goes? What kind of story do they have to show to have him figure out, you know, to put together a machine like like was put together this season to get him his power back? Uh, or, you know, there's there's a few things I could take with this one. (laughs) There's there's like all kinds of there's all kinds of things. But to me, the biggest problem I have with time travel in, in a show is that, you know, you could do whatever you want, but since they've tied it to all these other shows, anytime you make a huge change someplace, it's, I, I always go, okay, how does that affect? Uh, and is that how, you know, I don't know. It, to me, it just, uh, <laughs> I will say the, one of the things that I saw online that I thought was really funny was a photo uh, where somebody, it said, uh, the Flash season eight finale, and it was him with his mom, and then like seven other flashes in the background that someplace in the, <laughs> in the photo. <laughs> the, the idea being that apparently they're always going to go back to this point at the end of every season. Uh, but I I don't know I I I don't know how I feel like I saw some people online talking about you know what type of story you know from the comic books that they could be pointing at doing like this and i go well that sounds interesting if the flash was its own show <laughs> like if it was set well in its i mean own it, world. unless they get unless they get really really ballsy and have it affect everything and and it reboots the entire four show franchise well i guess it really wouldn't have to touch supergirl much yet 
Um, but Arrow and then to a certain extent Legends of Tomorrow, um, unless it reboots those shows and it's two or three episodes in before the characters even start realize what's going on, like that would be a you know a ballsy thing for them to do to make that type of change and make it a lasting, effective change over you know the Ber- the Berlanti verse as it were. Like I think that would be really cool if they decide to do it, and I just don't have faith that they will. Well, here's where I'm gonna here's where I'm gonna go with this. There's two things at play here. One, Flash has affected time now, right? So shouldn't the time rates be coming after him now? Well, wouldn't it be great if there was a uh, a group of people that were organized to put the st- put you know to, to to be the time cops, as it were? Right. That's that's another thing too. <laughs> uh, he should be getting a visit from Rip Hunter any moment now. Um, but the other thing is that this this could be just the start of a setup for separating the Flash from the Arrowverse and putting the Flash in one universe, Supergirl in another, uh, and and somehow Legends of Tomorrow in another, and then over the season or maybe two seasons, uh, have them all kind of meld together, uh, kind of like they did in the comic books with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Well, if that's what they're hinting at at their their big four-show crossover to begin the next season, maybe it's something that happens and gets resolved in the first nine episodes of everything. I just hope that it's longer lasting than that. You know, you've got an opportunity, and Flashpoint is a big thing. Um, you know, obviously the way that it affected the DC universe back um, was was huge and lasting and changed things permanently. It would be great to see the same type of thing happen here because you could, I mean, for all of the, yeah, it, it erases character development. Uh, sure. But there's some character development that I'm sure fans of arrow, uh, if you can even call them fans of arrow would love to see erased <laughs> at this point. So, um, exactly. the arrow character in the comic books is basically like, basically it's basically Batman without a tragic background. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's more of a happy local go lucky guy instead of, uh, uh, a brooding guy that we see in the in the Arrow TV series. He dude looks like Arrow Flit in the comics. <laughs> hmm. So so it's interesting. It's 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 they've they've created themselves a nice platform with which to go into the next set of you know the next television season with. It's just I don't think they're going to have the wherewithal to do right by the platform that they've they're using to launch from. But I also think it's, you know, kind of an interesting thing because, yeah, it would be, you know, if you if you did something that in one show that caused a bunch of changes in a bunch of shows, but then there are a certain percentage of people that are just watching Arrow and aren't watching Flash. There are people that are watching Flash and aren't watching Arrow, you know, they're, uh, I assume there's probably with some people that just watch Legends of Tomorrow and hadn't watched any of the other ones. You know, there are people that those just, people are very smart. You know, the, those are people that just watched, you know, Supergirl last season and hadn't haven't seen any of these uh, other, uh, you know, shows that don't even know that the CW exists. You know, <laughs> and so I don't know. I think that's such a thing uh, to do that. You know, I'm interested to see where they go. And overall, I'm watching all of them anyway, so it doesn't really affect me totally. But yeah, if you get rid of, you know, certain certain things like that, but then it's also like, you know, if you're going to go back in time and, you know, s- fix this death, how does that change things for, 
you know, your life, uh, you know, going forward or, and then, you know, why wouldn't you go solve these other things too? And other characters that have died are, are now back or, mm-hmm. and, and so you lose some things that happen on other shows. You could fix some things obviously, but then you've been telling this whole thing like on arrow, which were, we might as well just move on into here. <laughs> <laughs> season four, episode 23, uh, Schism, uh, being the season finale, where the whole thing points to the, the whole the whole season of flashbacks was set up for what next season's flashbacks are going to be. Uh, apparently, you know, so that's how, you know, you've been telling this thing from the get-go there, how... You know, how do you work changes into uh, that type of show where you got to do something so that Barry will have been around or is he already have been there? But now it's not it's that that stuff all gets confusing of where time starts and who's still around after you change something in the past. And when you go back or not go back or uh, some of that stuff to me is it, it gets too convoluted that. It misses out on what's fun about the Flash is him being the Flash and like him enjoying being the Flash and liking being a superhero and fighting ridiculous villains. Yeah, and having <laughs> just all kinds of wacky villains show up uh, that were all created by the same thing as him, but for whatever reason have never appeared until three years later or something. You know, I don't know. There's, there's that, there's that type of stuff. But overall, since we've moved on to Arrow in the talking of it, Ivy, what did you think of uh, the season finale, uh, the season four finale of Arrow? See, I too thought this was a little underwhelming, uh, and I've been a defender, kind of a staunch defender of um, Arrow all season long, and like so much so that like there are the Arrow fandom I've started to completely ignore like unsubscribing from the from the arrow subreddit on reddit you know just because people are just so what's the word obnoxious with their hatred of the show and the direction it's going um that i've defended it but even and i don't think the finale was bad but it was just especially when you compare it with um flash and the and the great cliffhanger there it was just like oh uh it's got a little deep for me, I'm headed out. Oh, uh, me too. Oh, uh, me too. Uh, later. Bye, guys. And just the two of them standing there, I just felt... I mean, I like I like that they're finally um, leaning into the idea of making Oliver the mayor. Um, although they gave themselves an out by making an interim appointment, didn't they? So, yeah, it was there. It was, yeah, okay. Finally happened. Hope saved a lot. I mean, the other thing, the the one thing that I don't feel that that they took a great deal of responsibility for or owned up in, Felicity nuked a city. You know, she may have diverted the missile the two episodes ago. She may have diverted the missile from a really, really big city, but she nuked a city in Virginia. Hi, in Virginia, we don't like our cities being nuked, uh, even if it's just 30,000 people or whatever, you know, whatever the small town in you know, of Mystic Falls, Virginia. I mean, um, wherever that the the nuke landed in, um, whatever CW Virginia city that they decided to put it in, um, it's 
like that. I don't feel like there's repercussions for that. And even if it's even if there's no legal repercussions for Felicity, like she was responsible for a lot of people dying. And I don't feel like there was any weight to that. Um, and don't even get me started about the whole nuke, everything about the nukes in general. It's like, oh, the missile's coming. Let's divert it at the last minute. They move a little bit quicker than what you than what we saw on t- on screen. So I was I was really frustrated by the finale. I can't lie. And I discovered more and more uh, how I was frustrated with it by the more and more we were talking about it. <laughs> I as well thought it was a little lackluster. It could have been so much better. I know this actually this whole season kind of felt a little lackluster in in terms of the plot. Plot actually in Star City isn't too bad. Uh, I am I am done with with Arrow flashbacks now. The this season's flashbacks were not great, <laughs> not great at all. Well, yeah, because while it told a story that had you know the idol and the you know the similar power being used and stuff like that, I thought that it was leading to something that. You know, what's going to show Oliver remembering something? Oh, wait, here's a way to, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, like here, to, here's my to, easy out for defeating Damien Dark, or or at least at some point have seeming to know better how things worked, having seen something similar before. My biggest problem with this season, while I I really like Neil McDonough and I think he plays a good like off your rocker bad guy, <laughs> and he was you know he was fun in this. I'm not a huge fan of the overconfident bad guy type of scenario that you have here where he just goes about never killing. (laughs) He obviously kills people, (laughs) but, you know, until he stabs Laurel and and that one being in other things, there were things that happened that you could see. Okay, that's why they would leave or or whatnot. Uh, and, and it, it would, it would get solved or, or at the point where, you know, like, uh, Thea had, because of, uh, uh, the bloodlust, it actually protected her from being killed as it got sort of like drained out of her, uh, into Damien Dark when he tr- went to kill her, you know, things like that. There were times, but other times, uh, and it especially was in the scene where he stabs Laurel and they had and since he has a lot of power back right there, he ha- and you saw that he can just reach out and break somebody's neck by a flick of the hand, <laughs> that there's no reason he couldn't have wiped them all out before they left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he left everybody else alive to, uh, you know, to then mourn. And even in a subsequent episode says, well, I even gave you guys, you know, time to mourn your loss and you're still coming out, you know, type of thing. Until, you know, Oliver finally comes across that, oh, hope is a thing uh, and and he's able to not die. Uh, but then he becomes so much stronger that he doesn't think that'll work. But then apparently his speech about hope to the city and then when the city was saved and then the rest of the city showed up, there was enough hope that it negated his powers. They never specifically said that was what was going on. It seemed a little unbalanced with like 30 people being like, yeah, all right. Woo. Good speech. And then the guy who's got, you know, 10,000 dead people powering him from a nuclear explosion. But then later on, you know, there were what was supposed to be at least hundreds of people showed up there at the end for that fight. And apparently that was enough hope uh, that, that he could, that it, 
it didn't go like through Oliver or some such thing. Like you did see his eyes light up once there or whatever, finally or something, but basically it was just like, okay, so yeah, you're powered by 10,000 deaths, but a couple thousand people with hope, or I guess maybe since the speech was on TV, everybody in star city was now filled with hope and that's what they were drawing on. But ultimately, even after that, like, there's still the, guns. The, <laughs> the coasts all, had guns. Yeah, and, but even that, the fight scene wasn't as spectacular as you know uh, it seemed like it should have been. Seemed like it should have been a better fight. Like he says, you know, I, you, I was part of a League of Assassins, and if I were Oliver, I would have said, well, I've already, you know, <laughs> killed one leader of the League of Assassins. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and ended the career of another one, at least for a while, and chopped off his hand. So, you know, good luck to you, sir. Uh, <laughs> you know, or, I, like, I like these super polite Oliver. Oh, you were a League of Assassins member? Just, I was Rachel Ghoul. Good yeah, luck to you, sir. Just something like, you know, like, yeah, like I ended the last one that wanted me to take his place, you know, so it, so now with you without your powers, I'm not I'm not really scared here. Uh, you remember? So was I. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I don't remember you at any of the parties. Yeah, it was like ditto, but I don't know. That was the main thing is over the course of the season is there were too many times where it just was got prolonged because the season was longer. And you you had to have them, yet they never seemed to be, until really late, figure anything out that could, you know, they had a partial solve of it, at least at one time, where they took his power away. So that at least made sense as a thing, prolonging uh, at times. But then there were other times where the prolonging of of this ultimate fight just made no sense. Other things to me that made no sense was... Apparently, Damien Dark was okay with killing his daughter as long as it was him that died with her in a in a fiery death, as opposed to just letting somebody else do it. You know, like <laughs> Thea threatens to kill her, and he's like, "Okay, I'll leave because <laughs> I don't want you to kill my daughter. I'm gonna do it myself." That's that's the reasoning that that works. I don't. It just seems there were things like dad. <laughs> there were just things like that that just seemed so weird. Also, that apparently he knew the specific laptop or computer that had the codes that he needed. Uh, somehow, even though there was tons of computers sitting over there, he took the specific one that was the right one, where nobody said what was the thing that he needed. Uh. I don't know why, but there's things like that that just happen that just pull me out of what's going on because I just go, well, how do you know that? Or how did that happen? This makes no sense. Uh, and then, you know, even like his power going away, I sort of had to like extrapolate that out myself I, in that, like I said, I think that's what happened and why his powers disappeared. It's not really dictated to at all, is it? I don't know. While John Barrowman is fun to have on the show, somebody needs to shoot that guy <laughs> at this point because <laughs> he's always getting on the wrong side. I mean, basically, he's the, the whole problem that, you know, Legends of Tomorrow were still dealing with because they he he reconstituted that guy after they killed him. Uh, he got in bed with Damien Dark and, you know, helped him out to end the world and figured it was a good idea because as long as that was going to happen, at least he'd be safe type of thing. Uh, just so bizarre on whatever 
that character's motivations are from any given episode to give an episode. Malcolm Merlin just makes all the bad decisions all the time. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, uh, she was doing it for Willa. <laughs> or for Speedy. That's right. Not Willa. Damn it. Uh, to save his, to, yeah, everything he does is to save his daughter, except that it's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There was, uh, and then, uh, like we talked about the the flashbacks, I kept thinking that the flashbacks were going to like it's like yeah you these did? aren't the these aren't the greatest, but it sooner or later there's going to be some sort of reveal in the flashbacks that it's not just going to be time filler, and instead it was time filler to be a setup to oh hey uh, I'm going to Russia next season for the flashbacks. <laughs> Spoiler alert: the uh, uh, the only thing I really <laughs> liked about the flashbacks is the one they had with Constantine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I had him show up so at least he had met him before, so that he could call him again uh, to to help out with the uh, with things. I also like that apparently at the at different times at different times the way they've decided to fix things. Uh, I I like why couldn't they fix Thea the same way? But they had to go this other way to find this. <laughs> Uh, the to find this potion or whatever that could uh, that could actually do it, I don't know. There was just overall, because twenty two episodes. Yeah, overall, it feels it feels like sometimes even though I enjoy some of the crossovers and stuff like that, it feels like they waste time at the beginning of the season doing things in the crossovers or setting up other shows, and then once they finally get into the season, I actually kind of liked once they finally got into you know when this. It show came back in the new year and you know they kind of got into it but then it felt like that there were things where it got prolonged for no apparent reason other than other than he's just like oh i'm a bad guy i got lots of powers i can kill you now or i can kill you later i'll do it later you know just for fun <laughs> uh you know stuff yeah, like can that can i pencil you in for next week <laughs> if you just go away <laughs> You just keep bugging me. One of these times, I'm going to actually do it. I'm telling you. So, yeah, I don't know. I I still enjoy, you know, like, you know, the fight scenes are still good and all that type of stuff. But the – and like I said, the guest star was good. I liked him. It just – over the the way they told the story, I just don't think worked worked well. Uh, so – but, you know, I'm, I'm four seasons in, so it's not like I'm going anywhere next season. Right. <laughs> Well, you're going to Russia. (laughs) But I'm also not, uh, like, I I wouldn't necessarily say the relationship between, like, Oliver and Felicity is my favorite thing. But I also don't think it's, like, the worst thing ever either or that it's killed the show or that somehow Felicity is somehow a completely and totally different character than she's ever been. Also. Turn turn in your internet card, sir. You are wrong. (laughs) Also. Uh, hello. Our character's not allowed to change over the course. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I, there were things that were fun ab- about the the character, but she still has, you know, she still has those type of lines. She still gets flustered at things and this and that. But you know, over the course of time, you also got to let characters have some type of growth. I guess you can not like the direction that the char- they've grown the character, but I I have a feeling that there would be a whole nother group of people that would be 
at this period of time, had they not changed the character, would be just go, God, I'm so tired of the Felicity character. It's just the same thing every week in and week out. It never <laughs> changes. They never let her grow. You know, why don't they get her together with Oliver? Why do they keep putting this off? You know, you can't win for losing in this type right. of stuff. You know, it was like, yeah, there's this one vocal crowd right now. But if it was the other way, there'd be a whole different subset of people that would be pissed off right now. So I just figure, you know, they just go about creating the show they're going to create. And if you don't like it, there's a clicker <laughs> or turn the DVR off. So it stops recording the episodes. <laughs> Delete that season pass. That's right. All right. Uh, that's enough of Flash and Arrow, but. As always, we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on Flash and Arrow, where things ended up, where you think they might be going. You can uh, leave a, a note in the comments at tvtimes3.com slash 325 or hit us up at feedback at tvtimes3.com. And we'll move on to the last show on the list, which is Game of Thrones, Season 6, Episode 6, Blood of My Blood. And uh, we'll start with you, John. What did you uh, think of Episode 6 here? Holy crap, I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought this was one of the best shows of the season. I mean, the last episode was heartbreaking. Uh, but this this put a lot of things back on, on track for me. And <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, just I'm going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. So uh, we're deep into stuff that is definitely not in the books. Uh, one of my favorite stories is always Arya. In, in Bravos, where she's doing the whole faceless men thing and her deciding, ah, maybe I don't do this and I'll just take up my own name again and I'll go get Needle and I'll go back to being Arya Stark. I'm like, holy crap, you may have just signed your death warrant. <laughs> that was super exciting. Uh, the fact that they met Benjen Stark, who's a... Uh, kind of half White Walker and half normal dude. Man, that was super exciting. Uh, I didn't care about anything in King's Landing uh, because I just had that storyline is just kind of dying for me, uh, even though I love watching um, uh, Jonathan Price do everything. Uh, and with, uh, with Daenerys, who kind of ended the show on a, on a big note with uh, deciding that yeah, she's going to rally these people along with all her other troops, and she's going to get some boats. And funny, because in the last episode, a whole bunch of boats are going to be coming over there. So <laughs> It seemed like that might be where they were. Synergy! They were <laughs> yeah, how about you, Ivy? I uh, I was really excited that we got to see both um, Ben's, Benjamin Stark and Cold Hands um, show up on the show when I didn't where I was getting getting to the point where I didn't think we'd see either. Now, from the book reader perspective, I don't expect them to be the same character in the books, but it's neat that they conflated those two characters in the show, which I thought was really good. I'm with John that the um, the stuff going on in King's Landing is just boring. Uh, And it's a shame because you're right. Jonathan Price is an amazing actor uh, and one of the better additions, one of the bad kind of mid mid series additions to the to the team. Um, but every time he starts talking, I'm like, put me to sleep because he's just going to be talking about fake religion again and again and just repeating himself again and again and again. And the only question the only question I have is um, about about that particular storyline at this point is, um, does he realize Marjorie's playing him? 
And if so, is he playing, you know what I mean? And if so, or is he playing her back? And I'm, that's the only way I think that storyline for me gets redeemed is if we're able to turn that the political machinations between the two of them, uh, on its head and, and try to try to flip that and make that more interesting. It's, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if I liked it nearly as much as John did, but the, it's, it's tough for me when you don't have Tyrion, um, and you don't have Sansa Stark who has become, as far as I'm concerned, the best character on the show. But it's, it's, it's great that it's great that they can take kind of two of the strongest storylines out of the mix, uh, and, you know, and John and Jon Snow out of the mix for an episode and still deliver such a powerful thing. But I, I, I just, I, I was, I was frustrated by a couple of small things and I didn't, I didn't really like Danny's speech at the end. Um, I'm like, I, hadn't you pretty much gotten rally the troops with that whole burning down the temple and killing all of the calls <laughs> and they're following and you right now <laughs> through fire and they're following you. Like, why do we need to like repeat that again? And, and to let that be the end of the episode felt a little, um, I'm glad Danny has dragons and I'm glad everyone likes dragons, but that doesn't mean that she's the, that she gets the exclamation point in every episode where she does something. So I was, I was a little frustrated there. I mean, Arya, I think I like, I think that that storyline and the direction that's going to go in is, is they've telegraphed that a little too much for my taste. So I'm, I don't think, yeah, I'm with you. I think she signed a death warrant, but I think that, the many face God is, is going to be looking for a death. And I don't think Arya is going home anytime. I don't think Maisie Williams is going home anytime soon. So who that death is to me is kind of, uh, like I said, I think the writing is on the wall because of how they set up the logic of that, uh, of that particular relationship and how the, the house of black and white works. So that's um, true. But I, I will say the show tends to turn left when I think it turns right. Well, yeah, and I guess I'm basing things on things. I guess I'm basing my opinion on things that have been said in interviews by the actors, and that's not entirely fair to introduce into the conversation. So, um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I think that that's now. I'm excited that she. I'm excited for why she's doing it, but I just I don't believe that she's done there. I just I don't think the stories. She's not the 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 the. Oh, I can't remember if I can say this on the show or not, but that that she's not the B.A. assassin of of the House of Black and White that she could be if she were to be headed back to Westeros anytime soon. I think she's got to complete her training before she before she's of she adds value as an as the quote unquote Stark assassin um, if she were to return to Westeros. And I just don't think she's there yet. So I think she's going to continue to train one, you know, one way or the other. Uh, And so. It feels like oh, it, it just feels like that's that's treading water a little bit. If if I'm right, and if I'm wrong, then um, you know we've established I'm not a smart person. So, <laughs> has anybody noticed how Jonathan Price looks just like the Pope? Oh, now I'm not going to be able to unsee that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you though on those on those scenes where I'm like not even like like the I, I guess the end game is that he gets power without, you know, actually having to, you know, sit on the throne type of thing by, with this, you know, the, the merge of, of the, you know, the King with the, with the faith or whatever. And, you know, continues to extend out his power, I guess, 
But overall, I've just like not cared anything about any of uh, of that storyline for all the way back to last season. You know, it hasn't really. I ju- I just don't care. I really like the Arya storyline, and that you know after her conversation with the lady, you know with the actress, you know realizing that you know like yeah, just because you know it's like yeah, this group is assassins, but. You know, there are people that deserve to die, and this isn't one of them, you know, type of thing. Like, just because they were hired by somebody to to do this doesn't mean that this should actually take place. Uh, I, I like that her sort of, like, coming to that sort of reasoning and, and deciding to, you know, at least leave. Uh, it does It does look like it'll set up some sort of battle... Uh, between her and the other girl who's been looking to kill her since day, <laughs> since she showed up. Uh, so, you know, that that could be interesting. While the Danny thing was, you know, was kind of cool to see the big dragon fly in and whatnot, I also knew, like, that's exactly where it was going as soon as she said, I'll be right back, <laughs> and kept, like, looking ahead. I was like, oh, the dragon must be up there. Uh, and, but then, you know, to get, like, this big rousing speech... It felt too soon after, you know, like only one episode uh, separating the last rousing speech and, you know, a partial trek back to uh, Marine. Uh, it seemed like it wasn't warranted yet. <laughs> you know, like maybe once you get back and you say, hey, look, I brought these other people and you, you get your other groups of, uh, you know, the Unsullied and everybody else you've got following you and then you... And then you give like a, a big speech there or something uh, to rally everybody uh, behind you. I don't know. Maybe that, that works better. I don't know. It did feel sort of weird because she wasn't really in the episode. Like it wasn't, you know, in the previous you know two episodes ago, it, it was they were telling her, you know, some of her story of being there or whatever. And then it ended with, you know, that fantastic scene of her taking them all out. Uh, this just all of a sudden it was just like, oh, we're going to end the episode. Why don't we put a dragon there? And, yeah. and so it, it, it did feel kind of weird after, uh, you know, some of the, uh, some of the other stuff that we got, I, I did, you know, some of the stuff with the uh, Gilly and, and all of that was, was okay. Uh, ultimately it was, uh, Hey, here's another sword made of flaring steel. We could definitely use that. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) They're like, this is Heartsbane. And I'm thinking, oh, that's Valyrian steel, isn't it? That's Valyrian steel. I'm like, oh, perfect. Good. This is, then the sword is useful. (laughs) So so I was like, okay, that's why they came here and then they're they're out, but they've uh, got another weapon that's useful. Uh, So yeah, some of that, some of that stuff, uh, the... The whole stuff about the you know, the Bingen and the uncle and it being maybe somebody from the books or what have you, like, to me, I was just like, once they finally said a name, I was like, okay, it's related to somebody. Am I, <laughs> it's been so long. Am I supposed to know that person? Like, because they had them all covered up. And so, like, when they revealed, I was like, who the hell's that? And then when oh, they said, it- and then when they said the name, I was like, okay, at least they're related to uh, somebody. Okay, that makes sense now that they're actually filling in the story for us that don't <laughs> that don't really uh, remember and then everybody's talking about you know like 
uh, whatever you said, the cold hands or whatever. And I was like, that's never even mentioned in the show at all. It's definitely a thing that people are pulling out and going, that must be, you know, and so it, it, that was just all confusing to me because I was just like, uh, am I supposed to remember this? Is this actually a thing? Well, this is so mm. cool because why now? Uh, not because of what I've seen in the show. It's not. You know? <laughs> See, is it bad that I recognize that it was the actor right away, even underneath the uh, the face coverings? I was like, yep, that's Benjamin. Yeah, nope. I, I I thought the same thing. I had no remembrance of it's been so, you know it's been so long. And I had no remembrance the the actor didn't sound like I was listening to the voice trying to place like if I had heard it before and it didn't you know nothing clicked in and it really it wasn't until <laughs> until they actually said a said a name and stuff like that that it that it started to click in a little bit as to why that might be important other than having you know saved Bran. Though, though, to be fair, that was there was a lot of speculation that that was going to be who saved him was either Benjamin or Cold Hands um, online. That's the, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes is the correct answer. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, and I try and stay away from all that type of stuff because I don't want to know anything going into it. And so for me, as just somebody who watches the show, never read the books, is just a show watcher. To me, it wasn't that big a deal other than that there was somebody that had been, you know, over there and had had something happen to him and could possibly be of help going, you know, going with dealing with the White Walkers in the future and stuff. Well, and it's just one more person who may or may not be able to confirm or deny the parentage of certain people who've. Yeah, but see, but, that question answered. Yeah, but again, that's all to me. That's all sort of speculation. That's from from outside sources. There's from inside the show. Other there hasn't been to me. There hasn't been a whole lot that I that would make me question Jon Snow's parentage. You know, all right, they've not made a big deal of. They've not made a big deal of it at all since the first season, though. They've definitely. They're slowly. They're they're, they're building to it this season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they may be building to it, but what I'm saying is, it's people with outside knowledge from the show that see the building. To me, as just a show watcher, ultimately, if there's a reveal of that, I will have I will see the building then, but I'm not seeing the building you know taking place because but isn't that didn't we just talk about that a couple of shows ago we were talking about how it's great when they layer in things yes that you don't even realize it yeah and i i'm perfect i'm perfectly fine with that i'm just saying some of the stuff that i keep seeing pop up in headlines and things that people are talking about and people are excited about is all outside knowledge stuff to me it's very little was pointed at it it's like yeah, maybe there was something from the first season, but it hasn't been like a big topic conversation for five seasons about who the real parents of Jon Snow is. And then there's a lot of talk about that around the show, but not so much actually in the show. And while they're doing things that may actually be building to that, you would only know that right now from the outside things from the show, not from the show itself. That's all I'm saying. That's uh, true. And I actually think that puts you at an advantageous position because you you get to kind of experience it as the show's building it yeah and so that's why i try and not see other stuff but you couldn't help but 
you know, but see headlines with, you know, cold hands and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm just going, what the hell are people talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, everything about the the parentage storyline, if it's true, is is speculation from the books. It's not confirmed in the books that we're, I mean, other than maybe the stuff that's going to happen with Jamie and, you know, with Jamie's story this season, that's kind of revisiting stuff that's that's already on paper. Everything else is new. So the speculation about about parentage of characters is is just that it's speculation. Now, it's widely believed to be true, but it's not confirmed in the book yet either. So, well, it's, you know, who yeah. knows? Well, it's not just that it's not, you know, it may not be confirmed in the books, but it's still the speculation about it in the show still derives from the potential of it from the, you know, the books, from the right. question being raised in the books. I'm just saying that it's for me as a viewer, when I see all this stuff going around, you know, the talk about it uh, or different things like that, I don't see some of these things right now as being as cool as other people seem to think they are because I don't have this outside knowledge that people are basing these things on like you said you see Benjin, you know you also think cold hands you also think another person that could possibly be helpful in pointing to uh the parentage of john and to me i'm just like that is all true but not from the show <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i think i think you're that's a fair criticism and i think that you know i've had friends of mine discuss a show online this season that have said it feels like, yeah, there's a lot of great reveals and there's a lot of great twists and turns and a lot of pieces being moved around the board that that book readers aren't expecting because it's all new material. Um, pointing to all of the deaths that we've had so far this season have been pretty much surprises. But just because it's it's eventful doesn't mean it's necessarily doing a, you know, telling a story in an episodic fashion in a way that's. Um, really, really good. But at the same time, the show hasn't done that for a couple of seasons. It's it's strung together certain things in certain episodes, but that's it's making a 10-hour movie every year more than it's making 10 one-hour episodes of television. Well, that's true. So I, I think some of that will you know you we could we could probably rewind a year and be saying some of the same things about season five, you know, the episode five last year that we're saying now, but when you get to the end and you Get to Christmas time when you've got your time. You, you, the end of the year when you've got a couple when you've got a week off and you're like, oh, I'm going to binge watch all ten episodes again. And together as a as a narrative, one narrative piece, I think it'll be a whole lot better. But um, I think that's the challenge that HBO faces with this is that they're they're not they're not making ten one episode you know one hour episodes. They really are making a ten hour movie every season. So, yep. Well. I think that'll uh, that'll do it for uh, Game of Thrones and for the uh, primetime segment. Primetime. And we'll move on to the uh, TV recommendations. TV recommendations. <laughs> it doesn't quite work as well with no, that, does it? No. no. <laughs> uh, so, Ivy, what's uh, your uh, recommendation? Well, my original intention was to recommend um, TNT's The Last Ship, which returns not this week, but next week. Um, if for no other reason than if you've got it set up on your DVR, you may or may not have the premiere episode already recorded because TNT is doing this weird thing. Uh, Jason and I were talking before the show where they've actually 
Uh, Animal Kingdom has already been uh, is aired after the basketball games that they've they've kind of snuck those in without really telling people. Well, there's also like the potential that when they you know actually do air it in its regular time slot, like when it actually uh, on the day that it premieres, that your cable guide may not show it as a new episode because it's mm-hmm. already appeared as a new episode. Uh, so like if it's actually something that you don't already have set up, like if you hadn't set up Animal Kingdom and you went in and set up Animal Kingdom, it might not record the first episode. I've had that happen. Uh, well, this one was where... definitely called Sneak Peek instead of whatever episode one is called. But yeah, um, but I, I looked at the calendar uh, and remembered that instead of pointing to next week, I should really point to this week. And recommend the season two premiere of Unreal, uh, episode titled War, which comes back on the 6th of June. Um, yeah, a little excited to see this show coming back. Its first season kind of took me by surprise. I I hate reality television. And so a television show about a reality television show didn't really feel like something I was going to want to watch. Um, but then, you know, the cast is incredible. Or particularly the two leads, Shri Appleby and um, Constant Zimmer. Thank you, who I will always remember from Good Morning Miami, uh, are just incredible. And it is it is as dark. I mean, for as dark as you want to call Game of Thrones, Unreal is darker. Even though <laughs> less people die, which is not to say that people don't die on Unreal. They definitely <laughs> did that one time, um, but it is it is it is f- phenomenal and. With, and I don't want to say with no reason to be because that sounds condescending. Um, but I guess it really blew blew me away. Like I, I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. And it is one of the better shows. It's it's probably the best show on television that you're not watching if you've never heard of it. Certainly the best show on Lifetime. <laughs> True. <laughs> now, actually, that was a show that I discovered from when I was on the on this show for either the first or the second time. And you guys had seen it, and I hadn't seen it, and they had, I think, four episodes out at the time. And I got hooked. I got hooked so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, an, it's another one of those shows that it's hard to sort of explain, you know, like what it is, because it doesn't, it doesn't really translate well. You, it, it, it really it, is one you have, to, you have to see it to, like, really get, like, what it's doing. It's it's like a, a because, manipulative view of the yeah. of the behind the scenes of a really bad romance reality yeah, show of, of the Bachelorette, really or the Bachelor, really you know? bad version of yeah. the Bachelor, really bad. <laughs> but yeah, it just has you know, you know, just an interesting place to tell this you know a drama about these characters and how they interact, and but then also the the potentials of weird things that may or may not actually happen behind <laughs> the scenes of these types of shows. I'm afraid that a lot of the stuff <laughs> yeah. really does happen. Uh, and, and just, you know, and the, the whole idea of how scripted and unscripted show actually is, you know, where, where they're choosing at the beginning of the season, who's probably going to be the villain and who's going to be the, you know, the good yeah. girl and who's going to be this and what narratives they're going to tell with the, and try and, you know, manipulate into being, you know how much of that stuff actually taking place on something like The Bachelor, or or those types of shows, or just any show that's supposed to be following around real people, you know, like a, a Real Housewives or any of those types of shows. Like how much of 
is being really put together so that they can create drama uh, intention. Yeah, drama intention, that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, Unreal is a fantastic show. Like somebody somebody posted on on Facebook, you know, what summer shows are you most looking forward to? And and I instantly I was like, Killjoys, Mr. Robot. And unreal. <laughs> I was I was really 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 close to recommending Killjoys just for spite. I I like Killjoys and I'm looking forward to its return on July 1st. Oh, I do right. too. And but Jason really yeah. <laughs> real. How many times have you Okay, be serious. I, how many times have you recommended Killjoys so I don't far? know. I recommended it a lot last season. I've only recommended it really <laughs> once so far this uh this time. I sort of I sort of recommended it previously, and I could recommend Killjoys again, but I don't really have a recommendation this week. So it's sort <laughs> of a recommendation. And then in, just in the fact of bringing it up now, Ivy's turned it into a de facto. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have done that last time, too. Uh, one. So, you know, basically uh, three times now, I guess. But, yeah. So how about you, John? What are... What's your well, recommendation or recommendation? I, I got two shows. Uh, one One's a recent show. I got Supergirl, who's now coming to the CW. And if you've watched CW for 10 minutes, you'll see eight times that she's coming to the CW. They're very excited about it. Uh, but this had a, a kind of a fun first season. It had a few faults, to be sure. But now bringing it to the CW, I think the budget can get under control. And the stories they can tell, I think, are going to be a bit better. And the potential for crossover in... The, you know the rest of the Arrowverse, as they're as they're calling it, is super high. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and the other recommendation I had is for Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. If you want to watch a classic, excellent Star Trek show, uh, even if you're not a huge Star Trek fan, uh, just get into it. I'm doing a rewatch of all the Star Treks because I'm a huge Star Trek nerd, and I'm in season four of Deep Space Nine. And like season three was really good. Season four just takes it to the next level. All right, yeah, get you uh, something to get you back in the uh, Star Trek uh, state of mind. Yeah, because uh, they got a series coming when out the, when the new series hits next year. Hits CBS All Access. Ah, uh, yes, or for when it hits CBS for one episode to try and get you into buying <laughs> CBS All Access. <laughs> well, what I hear is that outside of the U.S., it's just going to be broadcast. That's right. It may be uh, sort of like whoever. And I live in Canada, so I'm okay. <laughs> like whatever Canadian, yeah. So like whatever Canadian network buys the rights to it, or or something like that. It's always CTV. They'll have it on their new CTV all access. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay for that. <laughs> It'll be their premiere show. What am I talking about? I work at a cable company. I'll have access to it. <laughs> all right, that'll do it for our recommendations. As always, you can find links to all of our recommendations as well as the news stories we talked about and also where you can find Ivy and John online uh, as well as myself uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 325. And uh, next week, Amory and Kyle will be back with me and we'll be going over the summer TV schedule and talking about some of the new shows that are coming. If any of those turn out to, to be good, I don't know. I haven't watched many screeners yet i've been on like i mentioned earlier been on sort of like this my own little hiatus of watching tv uh, but we'll go over all the the broadcast the cable stuff and uh the streaming stuff that's coming over the summer and uh 
Thanks again, Ivy and John, for joining me on episode 325. Thanks for Thanks. having me. Thanks uh, for having uh, me. Them. <laughs>